One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Dope Black Woman. It's Vashan, the co-founder of Dope Black Woman. And this is a really special episode. So in this episode, we are joined by Nina, the founder of Dope Black Mums. And the reason for this conversation is basically because I turned 25 recently and I've been thinking a lot about what that means to my future. I've been thinking a lot about decisions I wanna make, decisions I need to make, decisions I have made, just a lot of thinking basically. And one of the things I was thinking about was actually becoming a mum and being a parent and what that means. And I realised that I kind of convinced myself for a long time that I want to be the rich aunt. I want to be the person that's always travelling, got fur coat on, nails done, health done, everything did, that sort of person. I don't really care about having kids so much, but if it happens, then it happens. But actually, I kind of had a reality check with myself and I was like, that's not the truth. I do want to have kids. I do want to have a family. But I've just kind of scared myself out of it because of, I guess, preconceptions, the the stats that I see in the news, the actual idea of giving birth, all of that stuff, it just scares me. So I wanted to speak to Nina today to have a real good conversation about motherhood, the fears that come with it and how we can navigate that. So first of all, Sham, I did not realise you were 25. Everyone says this. You know what? And I'm just going to celebrate you for just being such a... I feel like an old aunt now, but just well done for everything you're accomplished. Oh, and you're just such you. a round, rounded, amazing woman. So just well done. Not that I should look at you any differently because I didn't realise you were this young, but just congratulations to you for everything you're doing at 25. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So what what's the actual fear? What What is it that you're fearing? Because you also hear all the amazing things about yeah. being a mum, yeah. all that it's going to change your life and it's mm-hmm. going to got all this unconditional love and what what is the actual fear that's happening for you um i feel like there's so many layers <laughs> so <laughs> let's unpack shall we <laughs> let's do it one by one yeah let's go i feel like this one sounds the most silly so i'm gonna go with this one first this is a safe space and nothing silly <laughs> but the actual process of giving birth like no it just feels so childish to say this but like an actual big head coming out of my vagina yeah. just feels very frightening. Well, like that, The process of giving birth just feels very frightening. And because I have anxiety in general, I think I've like imagined it as a very stressful and panicked environment. And then when I look at like the rates of like black women and the issues that come with um, pregnancies, and I think that kind of adds to it. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is a real fear and you are pushing a human head out of your vagina. So... Fair play. There are so many things that can go wrong. I think 
in some level, once you've got to that space, so you're on the bed or you're in the pool or wherever you are having this child, um, I personally wasn't thinking about the pain. I was thinking about breathing and pushing and the beeping and everything else that's happening rather than this actual head coming out of your vagina. But if that is the fear, then there's so many things you can do beforehand just to kind of visualize, think about it, just the basic things of breathing. And also think about what you need. So some people are like, I was thinking about my hair and I was thinking about that I hadn't shaved my legs and all those things. So do them. If those things are important to you and that makes you feel comfortable in a hospital gown where you're going to be with five to plus strangers in a space, do whatever it needs you need. If you need your own playlist, if you need to shave your legs, if you need to get your hair done, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's not bougie, it's not, um, it's not anything. So whatever you need to make you feel the most comfortable you possibly can, speak to other people, there will be horror stories, but there'll also be beautiful, life-changing, sacred moments that are once-in-a-lifetime spaces. Yeah. You know, these things, it, mm-hmm. it is life-changing and it is hard to explain the impact until it's happening. You know, I, I did all these things. I was like, I've got this amazing plan. I want to do this, I want to do that. None of it happened. None of it went to plan. Lots of things went wrong. I had preeclampsia. Um, I was classed as geriatric because I'm older. And um, what is what's pre? What sorry? Firstly, say that word again. And what is it? Preeclampsia. So it affects pregnant women. You you sometimes it can go undetected. Um, usually, it happens in the second second kind of second phase, second trimester of pregnancy. It is well for me. It meant I had to inject blood thinners into my belly um, twice a day for the whole duration, basically, of my pregnancy. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those big, big-ass needles by myself into my stomach um, twice a day. It is to do with blood pressure. It's to do with hypertension. Um, you can find there was lots of traces of protein um, in my urine when I was getting tested and all the tests and the checks you had to go for. So my blood pressure was um, highly monitored. Um, yeah, for, for, high, for, for hypertension. So it is to do with having high blood pressure within your pregnancy, which can affect lots of things. So headaches, um, problems with vision, um, pain below the ribs, vomiting, um, swelling of the face, hands and feet, and High blood pressure can affect, obviously, the baby. And um, if 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 mum is in distress, obviously, baby can be distressed. So you are highly monitored. Yeah. So I, I had that during my first pregnancy with Blake. But saying all of that, um, I think it is it can be fear inducing, and there's also no way to prepare for it. Was not it, it, it's such a big experience to go through. It's hard to understand if you haven't gone through it. So doing as much as you can beforehand, whether it's visualizing, speaking to other women, um, really mm-hmm. thinking about what sort of plan that you want, what sort of birth that you want, whether that's hypnobirthing, whether it's in a pool, um, whether it's an award. Thinking about all these things is cool. Obviously, in reality, a lot of these things rarely go to plan. 
to not getting yeah. too connected to the plan, but nice to, to think about it. And there are things that you usually can protect, like your own playlist, like if you want to shave your legs, like if you want to have, you know, whatever things that make you feel comfortable, your own clothes, um, candles in the room, where you want to do it. Sometimes if there's not many implications, um, you can protect all those things and kind of plan it. So yes, I get the fear. I get the fear, but having that baby does outweigh it. It does outweigh it. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just focusing, you know, on the end goal and doing as much research as you can from trusted sources because there is obviously a lot of fear out there as well there's a lot of people reporting on that fear and you know Mm -hmm. you might not be getting the most accurate information but I think just as much as you can focus on that baby at the end you know makes it makes it all worthwhile and in your own experience when you were pregnant with your first child Blake did you have any fears or anxieties at that time? I had fears before, like I was a freelancer. So I had fears mm-hmm. of like, how am I going to do this all? How am I going to yeah. still keep up my career? Um, my age? Um, I had those sort of fears. I didn't have many fears, like going into pregnancy, more just like, Money. More like practical fears, practical as fears. To yeah, like and I, being a mother that's it. Yeah. And I think obviously we all have those fears, and there is never a right time. You're never going to have enough money. Whatever you think is enough money, you probably never are going to have enough money. You know, you're yeah. never going to have enough space. I mean, I saw a thread the other day on Twitter about the cost of nursery fees. Yeah. Oh my god. And I was like, this is the price of a mortgage. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, it is. And if you have two, and th- th- those fees that you're probably seeing, that's not private. You know, it's not like you're going to a swanky, whatever, nursery. That's just standard fees coming up to, yeah. I mean, it's done on pay bands, but can be anywhere. 500, 1,000 pounds quite easily. If you have to bring in lunches, if you have to bring in nappies, if you have to bring in wet wipes, all adds up. All adds yeah. up. And then if you get charged for being five minutes late, yeah. Which obviously some, of being five minutes late, you know, being five minutes late. Yeah, I mean, if, if it gets really bad, they can call certain services on you. You know, if you, if you keep. What if you're being late? If if you're repeatedly late, yeah, they can. They really? can call bring in certain agencies. Yeah, yeah, they can because it's you know child safeguarding. It's 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 everything. Is everything that obviously sometimes those those options are needed, but some of us are simply just running late from work, but. Yeah, childcare is crazy. And there's obviously loads of amazing things, which I wish I'd known earlier, like mm-hmm. child um, tax-free credits, which gives you that £500 every three months. And the, the government give you 20%, they kind of match 20% that you pay in. That massively helped me. That was a game changer. Yeah. You can use it across um, all types of registered childcare, like um, nurseries, um, playgroups, but also childminders, and um, oh, brilliant. yeah, 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 that helps. Five hundred pounds every three months. It it helps, especially yeah, it helps, and you can do that from from day. The thirty hours and the um, fifteen hours kicks in. It's like different ages. And is that is that available for everyone? Available for everybody. Yeah, and I didn't know about it, so I'm like, everybody get to know about this. And later on in life, when your child is older, you can use it for after school clubs as well. So I can still use this 
right now. That's fantastic. It is for, for Blake being after cool. When I think about when I went to school, I was in a lot of clubs. And I've never spoken to my mum about how they were um, afforded for. Mm. But I remember some kids weren't in the clubs and it was either to do with childcare or to do with the fees for the clubs. And I think it would have been nicer. I don't know if that was around then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't I think, think that so. It's quite nice to know that there's that availability yes. so that you don't kind of feel it is. the 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 hand or that you've been dealt with of classism and things like that totally. at such a young age. A- available for everybody, and there's obviously other schemes on top of that, but that is available for everybody earning under a hundred thousand. So it applies obviously to most of us, and yeah. um, can use it across so many different spaces, and. It's awesome. And after school clubs have changed massively, definitely since my day. Like Blake's doing coding. He's doing coding. Coding. Coding on a Monday. How old is Blake, sorry? He's now six. But this is year one. And he's doing coding. He's that doing is co- amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing coding on a Monday, uh, football kind of PE class on a Tuesday, making cooking class on a Wednesday. Sorry, baking on a Wednesday, making arts and crafts on a Thursday, and Friday, um, homework club on a Friday. And that is, that is, all that is heavily amazing. subsidized through this 500 pounds um, for this tra- tax-free childcare. Yeah, so game changer for me. I wish I'd known about it earlier. Happy that I do now and kind of was on the ball with Ocean. But um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. What helped me pay for motherhood? So safe spaces. Um, obviously didn't have dirt by mums at the time, but I was speaking yeah. to the older women in my life and just the mothers um, in my life. Just, I was like, what are the hacks? How is everybody doing this? What are the little things that like, what got you through? Like, tell me, because my, I've, I've got women in my life across like Jamaica, the States, and everyone had slightly different ways, even like down to cloth nappies, real nappies, not real nappies, yeah. uh, disposable nappies, you know, all these different type of things. So I was just like, what, what is going on? And there's also so many different um, messaging about breastfeeding, bottle feeding, when to stop yeah. feeding. That's, that's something I've heard a lot of divide about, actually. Yeah, there, there is, and, and there still is. And there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of breast is best. And I think with all of that, we just need to ease up on it because it can put so much pressure and I've spoken to yeah. so many women who have like, I've wanted to breastfeed, um, but I just couldn't. I felt so guilty. And the guilt and the shame and the weight of all of that is just not what anybody needs. We all want the best yeah. for our child. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I saw there's a few influencers that are pregnant at the moment. And a lot of them are putting on their stories like they have like Q&As that people ask them questions. And a lot of people are like, don't listen to all the fears that people put into you or don't feel like you have to take on board everyone's advice. At the end of the day, it's your child and it's your baby. So whatever advice people take, if it feels like it feels it fits for you and your baby, then implement to- it. But if it doesn't, totally. don't feel bad for not listening. Totally. And I do think that, especially growing up in like a Caribbean background or a black background, our aunties, our moms, our nans, like whoever's older, they always know best, Everyone's right? Everyone's got a point so of view. Everyone's when you're having a, a child, view. because they've got six grandchildren and three children it means they know more than you yeah there's there's so much pressure to then listen to what they're saying and then it's like if you don't listen they'll kind of do that yeah yeah, totally that's really real that's really real because it feels like you are calling out the parenting choices that they've made yeah and first of all there's a there's a few things obviously everybody wants a healthy baby we all want our baby 
to be healthy and putting on weight. That's what we want at the beginning. So however you can feed your baby and they are holding down that food, that's what we want. So the breast is best and the breastfeeding versus bottle feeding, all of that. Yes, we all know the amazing benefits of breast milk. It is not possible for everybody. So just like you're saying, you know, you're, you know, trust what you want to listen to, trust your own body as well. You also know how this feels with everything that's going on, the sleep deprivation, um, the anxiety, everything that's happening, you know where you're at with your body. I think yeah. also with the aunties, the mums, the grandmums, the godmothers, that every woman in your life that wants to give you advice, <laughs> which will happen. And for me, the postman was just like, oh, you're going to take her out on that. I was like, yeah. I am going to take her out on that. Why? The postman. The postman. Man. I was like, why, why? Exactly. Why do you feel you can comment on this? But anyway, I think there's a few things. Obviously, people are so protective over their choices and, yeah. and they're carrying their own guilt from the decisions that they've made. Um, mm-hmm. So when you come in and try and do something different or, or question it, they can feel like you're questioning their parenting choices. Yeah. And then this, the second thing which I found big for me is I think all those women are looking back at parenting with like rose tinted glasses, bearing in mind some of these, some of the conversations I was having, this is 30 years ago for some of these women. Do you know what I mean? Things have changed. Things have massively changed. changed. Yeah. Like we all <laughs> used to use talcum powder. We don't do that anymore. We all used to rate um, and like champion Johnson's. We know all the toxins now in Johnson's. We don't do, we don't do certain things anymore. I mean, I didn't know this, so thank you. Okay, okay. would have been one of the first things I bought. Okay. And Johnson's baby nappy sacks would have been the first thing too. Yeah, man. See, look, there's, there's so many things that have changed that were like necessary in their day and have changed in our day and will be changing by the time you also get pregnant. From Blake to Ocean, there's two and a half years between my children, thinking had changed. Yeah. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the things that they were giving me, the advice they, that the midwives and the healthcare professionals were giving me in the room changed that's within three years we're constantly evolving we have access you know to so much information now so i think there's a lot of messages that come at you from literally everyone including the postman so just take your time if you want to listen to everything listen to everything but take it all with a pinch of salt you know you know Mm -hmm. yourself you know your own body you know you know your choices maybe if you want find a few trusted places um to look at but there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of conflicting information and there most probably always will be. And then again, like I said, I think the elders in our life kind of remember, like kind of breeze over some things, just remember it with rose tinted glasses and just, not, I mean, because I'm saying this because I don't remember breastfeeding newborn baby and I have a three-year-old, you know, things change and you kind of forget things and, and the stages with a child change so fast like you have the newborn, then you have the colic phase and you have this phase and this phase and it changes so fast that, you know, you, you forget what it's like. I had to relearn some things going back just with two year difference between my children. So I have no doubt things change in our minds as well. So just bear it all in mind. You can listen respectfully, but you do not have to take in every single bit of information that, that comes your way because it is, it's exhausting, you know, it's a yeah. lot coming at you. So safe spaces like Dope Black Mums yeah. is a good place to start when preparing for motherhood. But do you think then it's kind of like a journey that you can't, you're kind of on and you navigate and grow? 
yeah. while, as your child gets older. Yeah, I mean, I think as much as you can prepare with information from these trusted sources, awesome, so you can make informed decisions. But I think the um, the kind of the information that will always help us, the the things that we can always do is is know yourself, because mm -hmm. then when you're coming from a place of a grounded place, a place of self-love, a place of just um, wholeness, it makes every decision a little bit easier. It kind of, it can eliminate the fear and you can realize why you're making a decision, whether it's out of fear or love, rather than just sheer chaos and panic, which will happen because there's, you're putting sleep deprivation onto such an anxiety provoking situation, having a child that um, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Those moments are going to happen. But whatever you need to anchor yourself, whatever anchors you right now, whether that is fitness, health, religion, music, um, whatever anchors you right now, lean into that so that when the times come, you can go and take a moment. And you do have to be quite forceful about this because there is no time. <laughs> the second yeah. you have children, there's no time for yourself, but you have to protect it. And whatever anchors you now, lean into that. Like if you run pre-pregnancy, you can still run through your pregnancy and you can run afterwards. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, you, you change the frequency or maybe change the level of run, but whatever it takes to ground you and anchor you, do that and protect it at all costs because there's so much going on and, and children move constantly. Like it, it, it's, they, they evolve constantly that you need things that can just ground you so you can take a minute to be like what how do I want to react to this what decisions do yeah. I want to make because um because there's a lot there's a there's a lot of there's a zillion decisions you have to make every single day for the welfare of this tiny little life in your hands that you've got to help navigate through everything constantly mm -hmm. the needs are so high it's like it's it is unlike anything you can imagine you know, the, 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 yeah. the take on you and your soul and your resources and your body, you know, everything. And in your experience, how easy has it been to kind of balance being a mum, being a professional and being a woman? Like, is, is Nina all of those things or do you still kind of get to experience those three different versions of you? Yeah, I think you can't have it all at the level you may want it. I think you can do all those things. Obviously, we know loads of women who are working to, to certain levels in society and earning X and doing everything. But with that, inevitably comes help. To be able to earn X and put X amount of hours down, you are going to need to bring in a nanny, uh, some sort of hands. And if that's how you want to run your life, that's it. So... It is possible to do it all, but something is going to give. So I think I just had to understand that and understand the guilt will come, whatever you do. If you want to work and want to work X amount of hours, you'll feel guilty about not being at home. If you want to stay at home, yeah. you'll feel guilty about not pushing your career and you will be judged on those choices. If you go back to work too early, you'll be judged. If you don't go back to work, you'll be judged. If you stay at home, you'll be judged. You will be judged, whatever you do. So I think understanding yeah. the judgment, understanding the guilt will be there, whatever you do, and understanding that you cannot do all three to like the A-star level. 
you, you cannot physically do it all by yourself. Absolutely can't. Um, it's, it's what compromise do you want to make? Where do you want to, you know, the, the give and take of it all? And what are you happy with? What, what do you want? Um, those are some big questions that I had to, yeah. to think about. And for you then, what, what comes first? <laughs> my kids. A zillion yeah. percent my kids. And some people think that you should put yourself first. Uh, yeah. Some people think you should put your partner first. Um, I personally cannot help myself. I put my kids above everything. I'm not sure if this is right, by the way, because there's yeah, all that. You can't speak for all No, no, no. I mean, experience. and there's all that thinking of, you know, you can't give from an empty cup, which is a, which is right. But I cannot help myself. And I know sometimes I give too much to the children so that you're completely depleted. I can see myself doing it. Um, I personally can't help myself. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that's my, that's my hierarchy. And I, and I think about it quite often. Have I, got, have I got it in the right place or does it need to shift or is it okay that it, yeah. that it can shift? But yeah, for me, right now, the kids, my kids are young. Um, right now they are six and three and I feel like I'm in the managerial stage of it all, you know, the needs and everything is hands-on, you're on the ground. Yeah. And -hmm. I think as they grow older, it'll move into kind of consultancy and I, and I will take a different role in it all, um, to help kind of navigate. But, but right now it feels like all hands, everything, toes, everything on deck. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I was talking to someone yesterday about the fact that I've always travelled quite a lot. Mm. I always go on quite a few holidays a year. Mm. And then we came on to talking about like parenting Mm. (laughs) and like motherhood and what that would look like. And the first thing they said was, well, you know, all those holidays, I'd have to stop. (laughs) And I was like, why? Well, you know what? They they don't. I was like, why can't the child stay somewhere? I want to go abroad. Yeah, I mean, they don't. They don't. And and it... It's, it's these things. It's, it's making sure you've got your village and you're working out how you're going to do it. If holidays yeah. is an important anchor for you and that's how you reset yourself, then who mm-hmm. have you got in place to either look after your kids when you go away or what child-friendly compromises can you make for where you're traveling? I went to Beyonce concert in Paris with my baby and paid a ridiculous amount of money for childcare and I went to a posh hotel for that reason to be able to bring in somebody because I know at that level, but I also wanted to go to the concert. But do you not think that childcare is another layer of like, and this just could, this, this again could just be me with my anxieties. Yeah. So I've not tried to project onto anyone, but like how easy is it to make a decision around childcare and like who your child goes to? Yeah. I saw on Twitter the other day, um, someone say, someone tweeted and she was like, um, I really want to have alone time with the hubby this, this evening, this evening or this weekend but we're both really apprehensive about leaving our child with our mum and then like, what advice do you have and lots of people are like remember your mum was the person who raised you your mum loves you you've probably got a good relationship with your mum and they're giving all of these all of this advice that was really useful and when I first read it I was thinking like oh just leave it with your mum just leave a baby with your mum mm. and then when I read it a second time after reading the comments I was like no I actually get it because I can imagine carrying a child for nine months and then nurturing them and looking after them and then still being quite young, like which was the case with this lady, and then being able to give them to someone, uh, put them in someone else's care and then still feeling like 
I could have fun in the same way. Totally. So like when you go back to the first time you um, left your child in someone else's care, and it might have even been their dad, it, it just, it just, it just you wasn't physically there. Like how easy was that? And what was that like? Yeah, I, I would think if we spoke to any older mums, you are going to always have that fear. Even if it's leaving a baby with somebody else, it would be like, when are they going to come back from raving? When are they going to come back from the clubs? Like that, that thought of my child isn't with me will most probably always be with us in some, on some level. But okay. yeah, it's really, really difficult. And even now, there's only a few places where the kids would ever have a sleepover that I would yeah. allow. And that is grandmothers. Uh, and we've got two uncles. And um, so grandmothers and two sets of cousins that they would stay with. And they yeah. they have done that, but it's like a handful of times. Um, yeah, that, that panic is always there. And then also for baby babies, it's real though. They can smell you. They can, my boobs, I breastfed, can react to a child's crying, as in my own child, but other really? children, yes. They tingle like spidey sense kind of tingle. Is that a real thing? It's a real like thing. A no, no, no. It's a no. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And 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 they tingle and they get sensitive when my child cries or when other children cry. Yeah, I would leak if I was out away from my children and other children would cry. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's massively sensitive. So on 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 that level of connection, yeah, they can smell you when you go into the room. When I was trying to introduce the bottle i had to leave the room because the baby can smell you and feel you and and you know know you're there like why would i take the bottle when i can have breast milk so yeah on, on that level yeah it, it is really difficult i remember leaving blake and he didn't eat he, he didn't eat at nursery when we uh, first tried to settle him in and when i left him at my at marvin's mother's house he didn't eat for like hours wouldn't eat um so I, I went back like it, it it's really really tricky but it it does get easier but you do want to have those conversations and say you know this is this is everything that my child likes but at the same time right the person you're handing your child over has to be able to have all the tools to be able to do what they need to do but also need to be able to do it in their way as well which is really really difficult to like let go of like my baby can only do this, this, and this, and this. It's like, yeah, but you also can't handcuff the person, child care, you know. <laughs> they need to be able to actually do their thing. So if they, if they have, like, nursed a baby like this, they need to also be able to try their things because how else they need to feel comfortable to be able to do this. So it's a really hard one. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, actually, because my aunt, yeah, um, I remember growing up and she... <laughs> my mum so I've got a brother who's six years younger than me so let's say I'm eight he's eight sorry and I'm 14 and she would put on a scary movie and he'd be like my mum said I can't watch scary movies and she'd be like well don't worry about your mum because it's me looking after you today yeah and I remember I used to find it so uncomfortable like what and we were talking about this the other day and she was just like at the end of the day I'm I was looking after you guys and I would not have put something on that would have impacted him in a negative way and that was a decision that I made at that time but I, st but I still felt a bit conflicted like, that you've got to kind of respect what the person's asking you for. And I guess there is a balance to it. it there is a balance because you also need that person to feel comfortable, to be able to use all their tools to look after your child. 
Um, yeah, and if yeah. they're kind of going into it with fear and like, I can only do these things, they can only, you know, it, it is difficult. I say that and you want to give off a whole list of do this and do this and don't do this. And, you know, you want to do all that. Of course you yeah. do. But um, they also, you need help. Like you literally yeah. need help. You, you cannot do I feel like I'm the opposite. So I look after my friend's son once a week. And I feel like whenever I want to introduce something new or do something different, I always feel like I should like let her know or update her. Mm. And I, always, I was saying to my mum the other day, I'm not sure if this is annoying or if this is like comforting for her, but I'll let her know everything. Like he slept through the night, he did it. <laughs> that is a wicked, wicked handover. Like is that ever too much, do you think, on the receiving? No, I, I think that is beautifully thoughtful of you to do that. And I think that's really sensitive. I think that's amazing that you can do that. I don't think there's ever too, too much. Cause I think as parents, you know, there's always some level that you, you want to hear it and, and you want to hear it. And also the child has their own relationship with you, which you, which you develop and nurture. So there may just be things that the child will do with you that they won't do with your, with, with, the, with mum or dad or parent or partner or carer, you know, so it's nice to hear this little updates. And also, like I said, yeah, there's some things that just won't happen just because the nature of what a mother's relationship is to baby. Mm-hmm. So I always found those sort of things nice to hear. I was like, oh, really? That happens? Okay, cool. I, I found it interesting. Mm-hmm. And what did you learn from your, your mum or your dad about parenthood? Yeah, I think as we get older I think as I've got older I'm really learning all the childhood drama and layers and trauma that we bring in that that travels with us Mm -hmm. so I think there's some things that like we can all say you know I hate this about my childhood I'm never going to do it there are just some things that are going to inform how we live our lives um, so that's kind of what I've been picking up on is just, it's just interesting that, that deep messaging, like those voices you hear in your head are most probably your parents without even thinking about it. Just the, those kind of, whether it's the positive voice or the negative voices. Um, so I can't think of like one particular like thing that my mom does that I will, that I have definitely done. It's more just. I just realized the weight that parents have on them and the weight that we as adults put on them, like, and, and all the kind of messaging, the trauma that can happen. Yeah. Just you bring through, like, it is so incredible. And now I'm aware of that weight. Like I see things, I'm like, my child could be in therapy for that. Yeah. Do you know what? It's so interesting you say that because I said to my mum, so I've got anxiety, as I've said already on this episode, because I'm in therapy at the moment, and I said, oh, mum, I realised that the root cause of my anxiety actually came from you and my dad for different reasons. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, and then, uh, but we was talking about something, like, unrelated, so we skipped over it, and she was like, no, Sham, we need to go back to that. What What did you realise? Like, what was it? Would you mind sharing it with me? And then I, I explained it to her, and it, and it was interesting because it was like, I had to say to her, this is not something I blame you for, and this is actually something mm-hmm. that, if I was to have kids, I'd probably end this that we were given the same circumstance or situation to react to, I'd probably still, knowing what I know now, react in the exact same way that you did. Because what you did was the best decision. And that's what I still agree now. But it just had a ripple effect that led to a, a child having anxiety. And I was trying to say to her that, like, I'm just kind of giving this to you as a food for thought with how you might, may navigate with the youngest two. 
because there might be a, a different thing that um, presents in their life because of something you've decided to do or something you've said, and it could be avoided, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's real. It's really real. I'm awesome therapy. I've been to loads of group therapy, and you hear these adults speaking about situations that happen when they're four and how it shapes their whole frame of reference. Every inch of how they walk through life is built on these moments of childhood. Um, so it, it is powerful and it is a weight and it is a massive responsibility. Why we, it's why we shouldn't go into these things lightly. But I think I would like to think that we are all as humans and as parents doing the best that we can with what we have at the time. You know, we're doing the best that we can with the knowledge, with the money, with the skill set that we have. And as children, if we have an opportunity to do, to learn from that and make informed decisions about our children, um, then that's great. And you've, and you've done your job. And there, and there at some point, obviously, as an adult, we've got to release our parents from that, that burden and know that it's our work now to work out all these, all these things, these layers, these traumas, these, 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 these messages that we have in our head. You know, it, it cannot just be my mom did that. You know, at some point we've got to release that and, and work on ourselves and take the ownership of it. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. You know, good parenting can change the world. Like as, 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 as I don't know, wooers that may sound, many of the the big world issues, the 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 the, the big issues are coming down to obviously human issues, and those human issues are unresolved childhood issues. Like when you really look into it, yeah, of why this country is fighting this country because of we're feeling this level of distrust or we can't understand or there's no compassion. It's coming down to the human elements of you weren't loved, you didn't feel valued, you didn't feel worthy, didn't feel heard, your voice, uh, you know, you didn't feel validated somehow. It is the same thing over and over again, just in different spaces or, you know, in different um, ways. But yeah, it kind of it kind of comes down to that. And yeah. it's that big. Yeah. I think it's interesting because it reminds me of this, this saying I heard at a talk when I was younger that I've never forgotten. And if I was to get a tattoo, it'd probably be this. And it's, <laughs> you spend your adulthood trying to get over your childhood. And you when, do. when yeah. I heard that, I thought, I don't want that to be me. That sounds so yeah. sad. That sounds depressing. It sounds just terrible. And I don't think it is. Yeah. In practice, it's not. I think actually- I don't think it is, Going yeah. to therapy and, and healing and doing the work is actually like dating yourself. And that can be really fun. And that can be I, really fresh. I, yeah, I, I, I so agree. And I think when I think maybe hopefully it's changing now, but historically, you know, therapy used to feel like a really big word, like there's something wrong with you and you don't want to talk about it. And it feels all very dirty and something that should be hidden. But it is just a moment to to take a pause and have a look. And that's luxurious. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a privilege to yeah. be able to sit there. So many people, not even money wise, but time wise space wise you cannot sit there and just take a moment to say i'm going to take a moment to look into myself like you said date yourself i think it's an amazing opportunity invitation um i'm personally a massive advocate for it but 
I'm not saying it's easy, mm-hmm. but you know, I would, I would, yeah, suggest anybody to do it. And what tips do you have then for people like me or people that are becoming new mums that may have fears that, as you said, are quite normal to have or anxieties around becoming a mum? Yeah, I think, I think even though it's difficult, try and remember that everyone can have these fears. Whoever presents like they've got it all going on or, you know, they have no cares in the world, everyone has fears. Everyone has moments of mental, um, if you can say, instability. I think we all have, I think we're all mentally unstable. You know, that's what makes us human. Um, I think everyone has these fears, so try not to put so much pressure on yourself. Um, I think reach out and speak to trusted people. Don't speak to everybody, but speak to people who, who you really trust, ideally who know you, so I can call you out when you're kind of playing yourself, but can also just sit there and hear you be vulnerable, which is difficult to do. Um, and I think just talk to your child, really, really talk to them at whatever stage, in the belly, out the belly, talk to them, listen to them, hear them. Um, they are just little people, you know, there doesn't have to be any, anything bigger than that. You haven't got to think, oh, how do I, how do I handle this? They are, you, you, you know, people, you know, humans. So I think, you know, just give them, give them that respect. I think children can be massively underestimated. I think they're more resilient and they're, they're wiser and they're closer to the source than we are. They know so much more than we do because they're not as jaded and it's not as fearful as, as we can be as adults with all the issues and, you know, all the trauma that we go through, going through life. They come out and they are perfect and whole and amazing. All that fear is taught and learned. So I think just um, just try and be as open as you can with your child. And and also know that no one knows what they're doing, man. Everyone Everyone's making up as they go along. No one knows what they're doing. So there's no right way to do this. You know, take everybody's advice with a pinch of salt. No one, there's no manual. No one knows. So all of this, just just, just take it and take it in, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone is doing the best they can. Um, so just, just, yeah, I think take it all with a pinch of salt really and before we close talk to us about dope black mums where we can find you guys and what you guys are about <laughs> well dope black women <laughs> so you can find dope black mums at dope black mums across all socials we have a whatsapp group we have a private facebook group um and all the socials and really just a space for black females who are mothers to speak about everything across mothering, parenting, but also just as women and, and as black women. Um, and you can take it or leave it. The groups will always be there. I often don't speak in the WhatsApp groups and sometimes just speak in the Facebook group or sometimes just connect on the socials. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to, it's just to know that it is there if you need it. Um, and you know, open to anybody who wants to connect. So yeah, at Dope Black Mums everywhere. Well, thank you so much, Nina, for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.